Hey, I'm Ramel London. I'm a TV radio presenter and host, and I want to welcome you to the Mainstream Podcast. Today, I am super excited to be speaking with a rising star who has not only dominated London theatres over the last few years, she's also smashed the charts as a music artist throughout Europe with her vibesy but equally thoughtful tracks, mixed feelings, and borders. Now, she's set her sights on the big screen, representing for the Austral Alps, the brand new <laughs> Sky original supernatural murder mystery series is where we can find her in the rising please welcome nenda nurura hello, hello. <laughs> thanks for having me what did you call it the austral alps uh, how do i say it <laughs> i'm such a londoner i ain't been nowhere <laughs> i just thought you made up a funky name for the austrian alps <laughs> how, no uh, you're from otzel oh Etzal. oh yes. my gosh oh my god I no, i'm sorry it. i didn't even expect you to say that no you said that really well i just <laughs> oh did i oh can i okay i'll claim that Etzal. so i know an Etzal. yes <laughs> See, oh, you you say it so beautifully. I feel like I've literally butchered your hometown. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. I, I don't think that Ed Star was ever represented in London ever. So I think this is a good first. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited to hear about your journey. Uh, but I always say, Nenda, welcome to the mainstream. Thank you so much for welcoming <laughs> me into the mainstream. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Right, of course. So we have to talk about your hometown. Uh, like you said, you're from Austria. You were born and raised in the valleys, which, first of all, looks absolutely beautiful. Um, <laughs> so you. for you, what was life like growing up there? Um, so like you say, it is very beautiful, but it's also very small. Where I'm from, it's a tiny village. Um, me and my sister were one of the only people of colour there. So that is something that I'm unpacking in my music, which we can talk about later. Um, but, you know, there is also no acting scene or no, um, I, so I don't actually know where I got that from that I could be an actor, but my mum was always very creative and she always made us play instruments. And, and so I think it must've been that. And then I remember being really small when I said to her, I wanna be an actor. Where I got that from, I have no idea. Um, but but then you know you go through life in Etzel, <laughs> in the Etzel, and you sort of um, do nothing of that kind really. And then um, after school, I started a chemistry degree at oh, university. Did not um, expect that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Neither did my mum because she was really angry. She was like, "What? You no, not angry, but she was like so confused. She was like, what are you doing?'" and then um dropped out and then moved to London to go to drama school which was yes. a good move <laughs> definitely definitely we're definitely going to talk about drama school because you know you went for the world-renowned Rose Broodford which is <laughs> incredible um but I like that you picked up on the fact that you know uh where you're from it's not really a place where you know there's loads of creatives coming out of there and for exactly. you you said you're kind of acting ambition just came out of nowhere so yeah, do you know I really I don't remember I just remember my mum she did take us to like there were like maybe little plays that you could see with your children so I'm guessing I would have seen that but right. I don't know how I even imagined that that could be a profession because you know when you're a child you don't really see that you don't I don't really know so I don't know where that um desire came from but then she did put me in like you know, little amateur drama groups and okay. um, after school things. So there were there was that, um, but it's not the same like in the UK how you can have drama as a 
uh, you know, in school as your one of your subjects that you do. Right. Um, so it's not the same at all. But but after school, she put me in uh, drama groups and that was really good. My mum's always been very good and inspiring in that way. She's always pushed us to do to do the art. My sister's an artist, so she's always been like, no, stop it with the chemistry. Go and do the art. She's like the opposite of most parents. Literally, that is like, not common at yeah, all. Yeah, I know. So I've been very lucky to have that. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, big up, mummy, yeah, for encouraging well the creative in you. Yeah. That, that, like you said, is not very common, and especially from where you're from. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So like you mentioned, you made a huge decision mm-hmm. to come to London to study at Rose Bruford. Now, OK, it's one thing to like drama, but it's another thing to move across the world to do it in a completely different country. So was yeah. this a hard decision to make? And was you was you um and ahhing on it for a while or was you just like, do you know what, let's just go for it? I think... I, it was a huge decision, which is why I didn't do it straight away, which is why yeah. I signed up to do chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I let's do I was, chemistry at home. Yeah, I was like looking at the uni near me and it was like all sciences and I don't oh, know. I was gosh. like, oh, what do I do? I guess uh, chemistry. <laughs> I just that. Fair Honestly, enough. It was, no, it was the worst decision ever. I was so bad at it. It was so hard. So, um, but then... That was really hard to actually drop out, even though, you know, I I finished one term, if that. But, you know, in our society, I think I'm sure you must get that as well. We have such pressure put on us to, you know, see something through or to to make something out of ourselves. Or I don't know. It's like this weird thing that even when I started this chemistry degree, (laughs) which was completely wrong for me, even after like two or three months, I felt like I couldn't stop I felt like I had to finish it which would have been I don't know, seven years of my life oh so, gosh don't say that please I know I know <laughs> so I'm really glad I did but I remember at the time that was so scary and so yeah. like I felt like I would be letting people down even though no one was <laughs> relying on me to do this chemistry thing um but yeah it was a really big thing and then luckily I had um a friend who's who was half Austrian who is half Austrian half British and she'd moved to London to to get into to try and get into drama schools and she could then tell me about all that and and I really um I really liked the sound of it and I always wanted to do it in English because um my mum encouraged me to you know practice English because she she just when I said to her I want to be an actor she was like you need to move to LA (laughs) yes that is that's what she said yeah that's a big part of of what I was thinking as well because you know, you didn't have to come to London. If you're going to make a big move, why not go to LA? Why not go yeah. to, you could go anywhere. So it's re- it sounds really good that having friends that can kind of uh, support you with that decision was yeah. really helpful. But did you struggle to find the location or, you know, particularly? Do you know what? It is really funny because then I signed up, before I went to his group, but I did a foundation year at Alra, um, oh. which sadly has closed now. But um but there's Alra South and there was Alra North and I didn't know, I signed up to this foundation year and I think I'd bought the flight, blah, 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 um, thinking I'm going to London. <laughs> when no actually, I was going to Wigan. <laughs> oh my God, no! <laughs> yes. 
Oh my God. And what? I remember I was sat in the kitchen with mum before the day before the flight. And she was like, just type it into Google Maps one more time to have a look. And I'm, I type it in. And you know how the little arrow, it like sort of leaves the screen. So I zoom out and out and it leaves London. And I zoom out and out oh. and out. And it goes all the way across the country. You are going up north. <laughs> yes, I was. So when I first arrived, I think my first flight was in Liverpool. So wait, you actually went? Yes, I did. Oh yeah. my God. Of no. course I did. That was my start of my acting thing. Fair enough, fair went. enough. Big <laughs> up Wigan. It was, lot, yeah, it was a lot cheaper in Wigan as well to live there. So it was actually True. good. Um, but my first night was in Liverpool with proper Merseyside um, Scouse people. And I could not understand a word. And I was sat there thinking, my English must be so bad because I have Let's no see. idea what's going on. Oh my god, no. Do you know what? I even forgot about like the language barrier there as well. Because not only, you know, you're leaving your hometown, mm. this is now your second language. Exactly. So and all of the education is gonna be in English. And like, you know, yeah. how how did you find it? How did you adjust to that? So yeah, so I did always uh, I was always good at languages and I always practiced English because I knew I wanted to potentially, even though, you know, it was like a dream. I wouldn't even dare speak to anyone apart from my mom when I was little. I was like always sort of planning to do this. Um, but then obviously moving to the north of England was <laughs> was another shock that I didn't expect. And now culture looking shock. back, yeah, culture shock. <laughs> yeah. But, but the accents were just so nothing that you because when you you know when you're in Europe and you're learning English you watch like American TV shows and maybe the occasional British TV show but never anything that sounded Scouse or Wiganese (laughs) so did you did you get a good uh, Scouse accent when you were there you know what I I did in the end It was all a part of the process. It was, yeah. Now looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad I went there because now if someone wants me to do a Northern accent, I'm like, okay. There you go. I've been there. I've lived there even. I love that. I love that. It was hard, but then then that, I think, an overdrama school, you know, I did the foundation year and then I did three years at Rose Bruford. So by the time I came out the other end, my English sounded a bit like this. Like It's still evolving, but... (laughs) No, honestly, you have such a beautiful accent. Like, literally, I could Thank sit you. and talk to you all <laughs> evening, darling. Um, <laughs> but of course, as well, I mean, it just goes to say how incredibly talented you are. Because obviously, since oh, graduating, you. you have had such an incredible run, especially in London's West End. You was at the Piccadilly Theatre, the Young Vic, and yes. more, obviously, up in Wigan. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you've also had so many amazing reviews like just taking in some of the work you've done and some of the comments from like you know the the big critics that is a big part of theatre for me I feel like you know not all creatives get regular reviews and 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 Mm. critiques like that so is this something that you have had to adjust to learning from especially from the theatre world are you ever prepared for that part of the theatre world? I think you just sort of learn that's something you learn on the job and I remember my very first play that I did I was playing Arietti in the Boroughs at the beautiful Watermore Theatre and the very first review that was my first ever professional job and and the first review came out and I was sort of a bit scared to read it and you know everyone knew it was my first time so everyone was like you know just you don't have to read it some people choose not to and it's sort of I still remember reading that and thinking oh you know what that is actually okay. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And just 
and just you know learning how to deal with um other people's opinions because not everyone's gonna like everything you do and not everyone's gonna love it some people will and some people won't and i think that is something really important as any artist uh, or any creative to learn not just about reviews but about you know other people's opinions don't yeah. matter as much as your own opinion of yourself and uh, and yes sometimes um that is something that hits you really hard if, if you tell your idea to someone and they will be like no that's a rubbish idea but if you find that strength within yourself and work on that belief of your own um craft and your ideas then I think that's that's the most important thing that will be one of my top tips later but we'll get to that <laughs> yes yes she's already <laughs> dropping the gems I love it no that that makes so much sense because I feel like we're in a world where you know there's a like there's a comment section in in all exactly. industries now so yeah. it does almost feel like oh gosh a review but I thought like you know you've you've been in that in the in this industry for such a long time where it's very normal to have critics and reviews and yeah exactly and also I think I was very lucky that I was always in shows that did get good reviews I'm sure um it's different when you're in something that gets really bad reviews but yeah. but I think as long as you stick together within that company and with the other actors and the and the crew and and everyone um and you know you're making you're creating that art that that your piece every night and and then I think you're safe and and it's yeah I think then you'll be okay yeah that's so encouraging thank you for that love it <laughs> Well, I've, I, we can't avoid the fact that uh, the theatre world took a big hit during the pandemic, yeah. um, which I'm sure was probably worrying for you and a lot of your fellow actors. So how did you handle lockdown and did you worry about what could have potentially been the next job? Um, I mean, initially, yes, I did. I think everyone did. I think everyone was just worried for the theatres, you know, because so many theatres just ran out of money and couldn't sustain their um sing anymore I think that was the sad part but for me I wasn't really worried because like I said I've trained myself to <laughs> just believe that everything's gonna be okay um so I was just sort of enjoying a little bit of time off obviously it was um a very hard time because people were ill and and then the George Floyd thing happened which which was it just hit me really bad so there was yeah. definitely some dark times like depression and all that but um but overall, I wasn't worried about my career because, you know, I thought um, I'm always someone who spins a lot of plates um, like the music. So then I sort of focused more on the music because I yeah. could and because um, I didn't have to go to the theatre every day. So, so, you know, I was just sat at home and making beats on my laptop. And that's when I actually wrote Mixed Feelings. And then yeah. And then I spoke to my friend Femi, who's uh, who's a music producer, and he was like, "Yeah, cool, let's do it." And um, and then we just sort of made that happen, which which wouldn't have happened if if um, the lockdown, the first lockdown, didn't happen. So so you know, I always try and see the positives, and and I really enjoyed making music, and that's then obviously. Um, was well well received so then I started yes. making more music so <laughs> so yes. now I've got two plates spinning <laughs> I love that I love that okay we're definitely going to talk a little bit more about that yeah. but I feel like it's very key what you said about you know you felt 
confident that you know you'll be able to to push through you'll persevere and you definitely did you come <laughs> from strength to strength yeah. and of course you are now starring in sky originals new supernatural thriller the rising bum, bum, bum. Yes. <laughs> now yes. i've seen it oh I love it oh yay it, it's so me because i love i love a bit of like murder mystery do you know oh, what i mean yeah i love it too <laughs> and i love it yeah, every episode is that very much that you and Neve searching what happened, who did it, dun dun dun, everything. Yeah. So, tell me, how did this role come about? Like, was it was it just a, a open call? Was you was you headhunted? How did it happen? It was it was just a self tape because over the pandemic, all auditions went from real life in the room auditions went to self tapes where you just sit at home in front of your phone and you sort of talk to yourself <laughs> or whoever you forced to read the scene with you. <laughs> um, so it was just um, a self tape that came through my agent. And the, but the exciting thing for me was that it was Ed Lilly was the lead director and he um, with his film Versus, which he cast in must have been 2017 or 2016 that was my first ever ever audition was with <gasps> him in 2016 no way he couldn't remember but I was <laughs> like oh it's Ed Lily so that was really exciting so um so then I did I think it was three rounds of self-tapes and in between um chatting to him on zoom and just chatting about the character and what he was sort of hoping um to see um, for that character and then I did another scene and sent it in and then I got the job and I was like ah! and I called my mom and I was like ah! and she was like ah! <laughs> love it love screaming happened <laughs> no uh, you, we all need a celebration scream every now and again yeah. oh I love that I love that so okay what attracted you to the role of Alex Wyatt we love her yes um, so first of all, the script overall, it's very moody and the setting is like in a small town by a lake. Um, and that reminded me of home, you know, that really? small community where everyone sort of knows each other. Obviously, there's no murder mystery where I'm from, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but, you know, all the like families and everyone sort of grew up together. I really like that. And then Alex is just this really amazing person who um, has she sort of grew up um, in her family with her cousin as her best friend and they did everything together um, and there's all the motocross as well which you'll see um, in the in the show um, and they did all of that together and then something happened which I'm not going to say now that Alex had to go away for mm. some time and then when she comes back and the fascinating thing is that she does come back because if it was me, I'd be like, okay, see ya. <laughs> I'm out. <Bye>. Yeah. <laughs> but she comes back to try and make amends with her family, with her cousin, with everyone. And sort of everyone's like, oh, what are you doing here? I don't really want to be friends with you anymore, mm. which is really hard. And I really admire that in Alex because she's so, you must be so strong and brave to face like so many people who are done with you yeah. uh, and trying to, you know, make amends so um so yeah that's Alex Wyatt definitely oh my gosh such a cool character yeah. and um yeah it's just the way she appears it's like oh who is this mysterious girl <laughs> mysterious <laughs> yes and, and also because she's one of the only people who can see Neve um yes the two of them can really help each other and and sort of then obviously grow to um love each other and and yeah so it's a beautiful Aww. relationship 
That's so cool. I mean, it, it makes me think as well, again, like, hate to keep on bringing up the pandemic, but you literally filmed it straight out of lockdown. So did this change the way that you and the cast worked at all? Or, you know, did it bring you closer together? Um, you know what? It was actually lucky because so much of it is outdoors in the right. in the woods and, and by the lakes and all that stuff. So that was actually quite good because I think if it was indoors, it would have probably been harder to have such a big crew and, and everyone so there. But that made it quite easy. I thought, or not easy. There were still obviously challenges, <laughs> like you know, masks and everything, or like forgetting to take your mask off your <laughs> arm and starting to enter scene, and then someone's like, <clears throat> "Can we start again?" Continuity. <laughs> <You know>? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is there no um, COVID in the rising? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, it was it was really beautiful, and we went to such beautiful places in the Peak District. Uh, Peak District and Lake District and you know it just um it was just a beautiful thing and I think it did make us grow together a bit more because it was a challenging time um and everyone you know had to we had to hold on to each other <laughs> yeah definitely definitely I mean it's uh, yeah like you said it's in such a beautiful setting so just being outdoors and like you said it's a, it's a little piece of home I guess so that's really yeah, nice, a little nice bit. to hear yeah. And speaking of home, I know that representation is really important to you. You've highlighted this in your music, um, but you also have mentioned it in the past, how important it is for little black and brown girls who may be from Austria or all over the world to see you and what you are achieving. So are you very much conscious of the roles that you take on because of this? Um, yes, I think so. I wouldn't yeah I just I think what I what I want to do is inspire other people to do whatever it is they want to do because you know it can be so hard with imposter syndrome and with whatever it can be so hard to convince yourself am I allowed to give this a go am I allowed to be an actor I think that's what initially made me doubt whether I could stop the chemistry and uh, the, the chemistry degree and, and try for drama school you know who am I little yeah. Austrian girl to to think I can move to London and go to a drama school there like I think and that would have felt so different I think if I would have seen someone like me do yeah. the same but um but there wasn't anyone to look up to like when when I came to London and I saw people who looked like me that was the first time somebody told me how I could do my hair do you know what I mean wow. like um it's it's those sort of things and and I just think that is really important that every child or young person or adult yeah. sees themselves in either on posters or in in positions of power because that makes such a difference um so yeah that's what I'm all about and and I and I do like to address that in my music because that's where I can you know talk about things that I want to talk about Yes. And it has been, the response has been amazing. Some people message me, oh my God, this is exactly how I feel. And, and my favorite thing is when parents message me that, um, that their children see it. And they, there was one mother who messaged me saying, my daughter, my five-year-old daughter saw your video, your music video. And the next day she went to school with her hair down for the first time ever. And I was so just lovely. burst into tears. I was like, oh, yes, let the fro out. Oh my God. Yes. That is oh, amazing. That is, that is so heartwarming just to know that, you know, you inspired a little girl to just be her authentic self and let yes. her hair down. Exactly. So, yeah, I was very proud of that. And I think that's 
for me, that's the most important thing. That's my life's mission. If I yeah. can inspire one person, then that's great. Oh, beautifully said. Thank you. And we've got to talk about the music, of course. <laughs> Bangers. Love them. Clans <laughs> and borders. Do you know what it is? I love how just unapologetic you are in your music. Oh, thank and you. Can we just mention that you also directed and produced these bad boys as well? Like, <laughs> yes, I come do. on, Nenda. Come on. <laughs> thank so, you. I had to because no one else wanted to. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Pandemic music. I get it. I get it. <laughs> just me on my own and my friends that I'm forced I to help me. <laughs> well, let's talk about the music. I mean, you said at the beginning that your mum was very encouraging of you, you know, playing instruments and stuff like that. But what actually gave you the, the I don't know what the word is, the courage, I think it would be, mm. to, to actually make the music and release it? See, that is something that took me a while as well because I always wanted to and I always, I play the guitar and the drums. I always, you know, uh, wrote my heartache into song when I was a teenager and I always wanted to make music, but I, like to say, never had the courage to actually do it. Or maybe I also didn't know how to, like I didn't know how people get from their bedroom where they play sad songs to, you know, (laughs) being played on the radio. Like I didn't know the journey. And then... um, it was actually Femi Tamoa who was my producer on both songs and he was also the composer on uh, a play that I did, Death of a Salesman, and he was nice. also playing uh, live with us every night. So we uh, we became really close, get really good friends, and he's a music producer, so he was always sort of telling me hey if you ever have anything give me a call and come to the studio and I was like oh you know what that's really cool and then in the first lockdown I wrote that song and I sent it off to um sort of a grant where you could win a little bit of money to make something creative which was really great and I didn't win the thing but they still gave me a little bit of money and said can you um can you make your song and I'm like um okay so I was like because they gave me some money and the deadline I think that was very important if that hadn't happened then we probably still wouldn't have had mixed feelings out in the world you right. know what I mean but because someone said to me this is good here's a little bit of money and have it done by I don't know 3rd of August or whatever it was and then I called Femi I said oh my god I need to have this done by this date and he was like yeah cool come so then I went to the studio and we did it together and um and now I completely forgot your question. Have I answered your question? <laughs> no, you're, you're I'm explaining just dying it. about my life. <laughs> you're explaining it perfectly because it is literally the journey into making the music and releasing yes, it. So yeah. Exactly. So I think that gave me the courage that somebody said, here's the money, here's the deadline, because yeah. they obviously thought it was worth hearing it, um, which then made me go, okay, I'm going to try this. And then because I'm a very visual person, yeah. I thought, you know what, I really want to make a music video, even if it's just me sat somewhere in the mountains so I called my friends I was like hey I need a sheep I need someone to film um everyone come help (laughs) and then the video actually turned out really great so (laughs) yeah really good and it's done amazingly online like YouTube trends and all that stuff like you you absolutely killed it and that's what I'm saying it's crazy to think there was just an idea that just flourished into such a beautiful thing and like yeah exactly she she doing her thing ladies and gentlemen she's doing her thing (laughs) yeah and that really gave me the courage to you know then believe in myself more in other parts of my creative world like acting and then you know I did the self-tape for the rising so you know it all ties in together I think 
just spinning different plates is a really good thing because you never know what might um, happen. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I know a lot of artists, creatives get really put off by the, the famous phrase, which is often unfinished. A jack of all trades is a master of none. But a lot of people don't realize that the end of that that well-known phrase is, however, oftentimes a jack of all trades is better than a master of one. And I feel like this... Oh, movie, you know what? I didn't even know it ended like that. This is the part no one ever tells you. Well, that's exactly. I can't believe it. Yeah, that makes there, absolute sense. There you go. And I feel like that is a real testament to you because you've actually just said, you know what? Let's give it a go. And it worked. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Like proving people wrong. Like, actually, yeah. I can sing. Actually, yes. I can do a little rap. I can produce. <laughs> I can be a videographer. I can do whatever I want. So for exactly. you. What's the worst thing that can happen if I did it? And I didn't expect anyone to watch. I, ex- I expect my mum to watch it a hundred times and my granddad once because he doesn't understand it. And my friends a few times. I didn't expect loads of people to watch that. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Your mum watches it, doesn't like it. <laughs> the end. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no <one sees> it. <laughs> exactly that. And I think I think it's really important that you've kind of like been like, yeah, I'm going to persevere and do it regardless. Um, so my question is, do you plan on merging music and acting? A little bit more in the future I mean obviously you've got the music videos but mm. have you ever thought about you know working it into a show yes I would love to actually I'm also dabbling in screenwriting which is my <gasps> other plate that I'm spinning yes spin them girl spin <laughs> I'm always like, them spin 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 um so you know I'd love to um do a bit of the old um childish Gambino Donald Glover writing writing a series and also doing music and doing it all together like I would love to do all of that um that's sort of the next future plan I guess um and I'm just gonna try and make that work but but I do I do love it all and I would love to combine it so yeah that's exciting that's so exciting (laughs) well we have a tradition here that we always have our top five tips to make it in the mainstream so Nenda this is your part where you can give us all the gems all the secrets to your life and yeah. uh, no, I'm joking it's not that deep. <laughs> I don't even know the secrets <laughs> you're asking the wrong person <laughs> don't worry nothing nothing no personal personal anecdotes but uh, <laughs> but no this this has always been something that people really kind of resonate with because people always ask how do I get in or you know what should I do what if so do you have any top five tips to make it in the mainstream yes my top five tips are um I think number one would be spin the plates spin as many plates as you can like you say the jack of all trades jack of all plates um (laughs) Because, you know, when the acting plate is spinning, great. But when the acting plate is falling down, do I have other plates spinning? Yes, I got my music, I got my screenwriting, I got, you know, it's, this can be whatever. It can be poetry, it can be um, making art or, you know, it's, I think it's important, even if, you, if you're not planning to make money from any of these plates, it's just good to keep your mind busy because so many actors are often sat at home waiting for the phone to ring and if it doesn't ring 
it's upsetting, which it is to me as well, obviously. But then, you know, I go back to one of my other plates and <laughs> keep spinning them. So I think that's really important. And that's someone actually, someone said that to me um, at the start of my career. And I've still, I've, I'm still, that, I think that is one of the best pieces of advice someone gave to me, because that's really important to keep your creative mind busy in loads of ways. Okay, um, my next tip is meditate. For me, Ooh, I meditate every day, like for 15 minutes, and it has changed my life because a calm mind is so important in our world in general. But I think in the creative world where you get so much rejection and so much, you know, hustling that sometimes leads to nothing. I think it's really important to be at peace with yourself and sort of quiet your thoughts it's anxious enough out there as it is. Definitely, <laughs> I, I totally agree. <laughs> so I think it's good to, you know, keep a keep an eye on on your mental health in that way. Love that. Um, my next tip is believe in yourself, and if you can't do that, then try and make yourself believe in yourself. There's always like affirmations and and all that stuff. It really works if you talk to yourself in the mirror every single day and say you can do this you are amazing then one day you will believe it because a belief is just a thought you continue to think yeah so I do think that is really important um, to find that belief in your work in yourself um my next tip is be nice because it is a very small industry yes everyone knows everyone just be nice like it shouldn't I shouldn't even have to say this but some people need to hear it and, and it is important <laughs> a lot of people need yeah. to hear it <laughs> if you have to remind yourself to be nice then do it but just I mean just be nice like <laughs> um and finally number five number five is don't take any shit oh you go then Nanda yes because just because you're starting out just because I don't know you haven't done a lot of things yet doesn't mean you have to work for free or do anything you don't want to do if something makes you feel uncomfortable you say that you say stop I don't want to do this you know because and that's something I think women have to hear maybe more as well and then and I'm not saying that it's I'm not trying to spin this into a victim blaming situation, you know, obviously sometimes it, it goes out of hand, but you don't have to do, you can say, no, you have, you don't have to do everything that people try and make you do. So that would be number five. Oh, I love that. That is so powerful. A nice, strong one to end on. And it kind <laughs> of reminds me of uh, the rising. I'm oh, not being yes. anyone's victim. Yes, exactly. And that's a really good example of a young woman who was murdered but she goes out and solves her own. Not that people who are actually murdered can do this, but, she, <laughs> but she, she goes out and solves her own. Um, what happened? Her own killing. Like that is, I think, a really good example of the don't take any shit. <laughs> Love that. Oh, my gosh. Nenda, you're amazing. You're just such it's so positive to hear you just speak so openly and freely about just just the journey and what you're doing and inspiring people. So thank you so much for joining us on the mainstream. Thank um, you so much for having me. Everyone needs to watch The Rising. It is brand new on Sky Max and Now TV, but it's a Sky original, which is very, 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 very cool. Um, we don't often get that. So they have given this wonderful woman 
the most incredible, incredible role that I have absolutely fallen in love with. So Nenda, please let us know how we can follow you, how we can keep up to date with you and keep on supporting you. Yes, please. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Instagram uh, on Nenda Nintendo. That's me. <laughs> name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Until I get sued by Nintendo one day. <laughs> Never. There's a brand collaboration waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, Nenda Nintendo on Insta. Um, that's me. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. The Rising is every Friday, once again, on Sky Max and Now TV. And you'll see this wonderful, wonderful queen slaying it as Alex Wyatt. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.